0: A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. pizza we have tonight. I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen.
1: The internet, social media, dating, and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner. And we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer, online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case, the investigators.
0: They discovered a victim inside the house.
1: Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves...
0: You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people?
1: If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Incorrigible. That is the only word I can think of for many of the predators I've caught. And it is especially appropriate for a guy named Todd Lewis, who surfaced in 2007 during our investigation on the Jersey Shore. Now, you may not remember Todd Lewis by name, and you may not know his full background, the things we found out about him since his arrest, but he is truly an example of why these guys are so dangerous. And he highlights the type of predator for whom rehabilitation is extremely unlikely. Now there are some guys who get caught, especially some of the younger guys, opportunists, and we never see them get into trouble again. They go to therapy, they get help, they manage their issues. Their obsession, their compulsion to have sex with a child. And we've heard from some of those people on this podcast. I've had people write into me and tell me that they battle this on a weekly basis, but they battle it successfully. They would never, they say, harm a child or try to have sex with a child. Todd Lewis is the example of someone who apparently is unable to do that. He's probably most famous for riding his motorcycle for six hours and something like 250 miles from Pennsylvania to the Stinghouse on the Jersey Shore. And he did this to meet someone he thought was a 14-year-old girl after an extremely sexually explicit online chat. There is no doubt, and we'll get into the chat in a minute, as to Todd's intent. Now, at the time, and we knew some of this when he walked into our Stinghouse, that beautiful family estate right on the Atlantic Ocean. We knew that he had been in trouble before. We didn't know all the details, but we did know he was on Megan's list. That's the registry in New Jersey where people are listed who've had past sexual offenses involving children. And how did we know this? Todd Lewis himself mentions it to the decoy from Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group, posing as the 14-year-old girl. He says in his chat, that he had been busted before actually having sex with a real 14-year-old girl. That's right. It wasn't just a sting operation. He got caught in the act having sex with a 14-year-old girl after he had met this girl online. He is a true danger to children. He is a stone-cold predator. What we didn't know at the time is that he was on probation for this other case in Pennsylvania after serving four years in prison for this offense and unbelievably at the same time he was making plans to meet our decoy again posing as a 14 year old girl he had petitioned a court in Pennsylvania to have unsupervised visitation with his own three children 5, 7, and 11 years old at the time. That's right. He had three of his own children. And because he got busted having sex with a 14-year-old girl, and because he was divorced from the mother of those children, he was prevented by the court from seeing them, for reasons we can obviously understand. He was petitioning the court to see those children unsupervised. And what does he do? while he's living with his parents in Pennsylvania, what does he do? He buys a motorcycle. And the next day, drives those six hours on a cold March night to our sting house to meet who he thinks is a 14-year-old girl. Now, I've asked people who work closely with the predators I've caught and people like them, how could somebody not... Realize the potential of getting caught for something like this. How how are they undeterred? And a lawyer, a defense lawyer who represents some of these predators, a guy named Mike Manley explained it this way. And I've mentioned this before, I think on this podcast and elsewhere. Think of a heroin addict. And if you tell the heroin addict, look, I've got some heroin, but there's a 20% chance that there's fentanyl in it. And that fentanyl could kill you. And he's so addicted, he's so obsessed, he's so compelled to get the heroin, he takes that risk. It's the same with the predators. If you were to say, okay, and they know this intellectually, there's a 20% risk that this is a Chris Hansen sting operation or a law enforcement sting operation, sheriff's department, police department, ICAC, FBI there's a 20% chance you're walking into a sting. They're going to do it anyway because just like the heroin addict, these predators need to fulfill their wishes, their fantasies, their desires. And you see this in the chat with the perverted justice decoy. Todd goes by the screen name PS3 player 178. Apparently he's quite the gamesman. The girl goes by I am Jane. Sup? he says. One evening at 5.38. Hey, says the decoy, what's up? Dang, you're cute, he says. Nothing, just hanging out. Bored as hell, says Todd. Thank you, says the girl. Yeah, I'm bored too. Bet border than you even. Bet you got a boyfriend, says Todd. LOL, she says. Not sure about that, I'm pretty bored, he says. What would you rather be doing? Okay, now he knows or he's going to know because they're going to talk about it. And he should know now from the profile the decoy that she's 14. He's 36, by the way. He's going to say he's 28 as if that makes a difference, but he's 36. I bet you got a boyfriend anyway, he says. No, not now. Get out. You're a sweetie. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. The girl asks, how old are you? Todd says, tool, 28, I'm 14. Dang, you look so sweet, he says. Now, he doesn't even say, this is inappropriate. I shouldn't even been chatting with you. He just says, dang, he'll get into that, the inappropriate nature of this chat in a minute here. And these predators do this because they think somehow in their mind that by acknowledging it, it's okay. Because they've already said, okay, it's wrong. I've come to grips with it. She knows it's wrong, but she's willing to do it anyway, and I'm going to make an exception. It's not an exception. It's a coping mechanism. It's how they soothe their own fears and inhibitions about, once again, raping a child. After she says she's 14, he says, well, take care. Nice chatting. You going, she says? Well, probably shouldn't be talking to you. No, you shouldn't, Todd. But he continues. What do you like to do for fun? Hmm. Mostly hang out with friends and whatever. How about you? Hang out and party, listen to music, movies, sex. Yeah, he's going to jump right in now. So he's only a few minutes into this chat at this point. And he says he's just started using MySpace. Now, what's a 30 six-year-old man using MySpace. I know not that many people use it today, but in 2007, that was a big place for kids to go, communicate, listen to music, and obviously be preyed upon. I'm dying to ask you if you're a virgin, he says. Whoa. And if you like sex and stuff like that, and I can get into trouble for talking to you about that stuff. Oh, yeah? Just wait a few days. You'll see what kind of trouble you can get into, Todd. LOL, she says. Yeah, I've already gotten into trouble because some girl told. Now he's going to blame the other girl? This is the other case, the 14-year-old I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I've already gotten into trouble because some girl told. So it's the girl's fault, Todd. Apparently he learned nothing during the four years he spent in prison after being arrested in 2003 for having sex with a 14-year-old girl. He went to prison. He lost visitation of his own three children. He got divorced. And now he's on probation and is a registered sex offender. And he's going to further blame his previous victim. Yeah, she lied and says it was all on me because she didn't want her mom to be mad at her. You're not allowed to have sex with a 14-year-old girl, Todd. A real child decoy says that sucks didn't you tell him they believed her and it doesn't matter who starts it what happened i mean to you she was 14 and she wanted to meet for sex um i got into a lot of trouble i'm on probation now you seem cool and sweet and i'd love to talk to you but it's safer if i don't That's right, Todd. It would be safer if you don't. But you can't be safe, Todd, because you can't control yourself. You are a predator. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. It's too tempting to ask you about sex, he says. LOL. Yeah, lots of guys do that, LOL. Well, are you a virgin? He doesn't. He doesn't even try to stop. Well, are you a virgin? Yeah, that's cool, he says. I was 20 my first time. Wow, no way. Yeah, I was so nervous and shy. But you're 36 now, Todd. They talk about location. As we know, he's several hours away. See, now if you were closer, I'd be tempted to hook up with you. Apparently, he's thrown caution to the wind about knowing this person he's talking to is a 14-year-old girl. Then he's going to play Mr. Experienced. And if you want to learn from someone... Oh, never mind, LOL. So he's jabbing, he's parrying, he's back and forth. He's probing. Was joking. Was going to say we could hook up, LOL. We've already intimated that. The reason I shouldn't be talking to you is because you're so cute. I'd love to... Dot, dot, dot. What? Get with ya. They sent some pictures back and forth... I bet you're a good kisser, he says. You got nice lips. I've seen this tactic before. Then he starts asking about her former boyfriend. You touched him because he asked? Yeah, lol. He touched you? Kinda, not like that, though. I bet he did. I would have too, he says. You stroked him, right? Now this is going to be the start of an incremental grooming. He's going to start introducing different sexual ideas to the girl. And there's no reason to believe this isn't exactly what he did with his previous victim. See, if we were going to hook up, I'd be honest and say, I'm too old to have a relationship with you, but I'd love to mess around with you. Wait. So now he's going to justify this whole thing because he's honest about raping a child? That he's not going to be around to have a relationship? That's his twisted logic. At least you're honest, she says. Yeah, I'll have to be. It's a huge turn-on, he says, wanting to be your first. Now, the girl has said that she has messed around with a previous boyfriend but never actually had intercourse. He wants to be her first. And I'd love to see if you liked being touched. Ugh. Any guy do that to you? No. Dang. Dang what? I'd like to. If I was to meet you, I might try to get you to do things, but I wouldn't try that online. What a great guy. Like, if we were to do something, it would have to be our secret. It would be our special secret, he says. Ugh cat's out of the bag now, Todd. Wish you could touch me. That would be so hot. Do you have a lot of hair down there? Oh, sorry, I'm being a perv. Yeah, you're being a perv, and you're about to be a second-time convicted sex offender, Todd. So this goes on. It gets more graphic. He talks about performing oral sex on the girl. I used to use my tongue down there on my girlfriend, he says. He has a pierced tongue, apparently, or did at the time. With the piercing, it drove her crazy. Wow, really, she says? Anyone touch you down there yet? This is his third time asking that. So the other thing we don't know, obviously, is how many other young girls, underage girls, is he potentially communicating with? I mean, if he's doing this... With our perverted justice decoy, who else is he talking to? And it wouldn't be the first time we've seen predators chatting with multiple targets online at the same time. If we would meet as friends, would you let me touch you? Might be interesting, she says. Yeah, it would be. I've never touched a virgin. But if you want to change that, lol. We could hang out, do whatever you wanted. Play a little. Let's talk about poker, strip poker. Hanging out for the whole summer. Now the decoy plays the role perfectly. Curious, but not committal. How big are your boobs? (laughs) 32B, but I think I need bigger next time. Talking about her bra. Yeah, I like little ones, I bet you too. Sorry, I was being perverted again. So this goes on and on and on, two or three days of chat back and forth, I want to be your friend, I want to talk to you, more sex talk, would you let me do this, would you let me do that, we'd have to keep it our little secret, you're my sweetie, anything you want, anything for you, and then Todd buys a motorcycle, and on a chilly March night, drives all the way from a town just outside of Pittsburgh to Maniloka, New Jersey. And man, he's excited. I want to give you a big hug when I see it, But I'll probably be too nervous. Yeah, you should be nervous, Todd. And here he comes. But before he gets there, he actually has a call with the decoy. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment.
1: Hello? Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. That's cool. What you doing?
0: I'm uh, just sitting here, here staring at your picture. <laughs> sitting here, staring at your picture. He's all nervous or acting nervous at this point, but he's actually excited. What are you doing? Huh? What are you doing?
1: Oh, not much. Just talking to you.
0: That's cool. <laughs> Thought maybe you were getting bored with me there.
1: <laughs> no. no. you sound so sweet. Aw, uh, thanks.
0: You sound so sweet. Well, mm-hmm. Todd's very excited when he shows up. Can't believe his luck. His luck is about to change, though. We know before he ever drives up to the house that 36-year-old Todd Lewis hard is a registered sex offender. Yeah. <laughs> he's driven six hours from Pennsylvania. Uh, this place is beautiful.
1: Come on in, thanks.
0: This place is beautiful, he says, as he walks up the steps, helmet in hand, leather jacket, package of goodies he's brought.
1: How was your trip? It wasn't
0: fast. No? How was your trip? says Casey, the onside decoy, the daughter of one of the homeowners. I've always wanted to go on a
1: motorcycle. (laughs) I was thinking about that. Were you?
0: Yeah. In fact, she says she's always wanted to ride a motorcycle. That excites him. Wow. Wow. He sees a big house, nicely decorated, brownies on the counter, and he's brought her some treats. He's really, really excited. In his mind, he's got another 14-year-old girl. Casey's got her pigtails, her ball cap, and she looks the role, and she's very, very good at playing it. He brings candy. Wasn't sure what kind she liked best, so he brings a couple different kinds of candy, M&Ms. He later makes a startling admission. He tells the decoy he's been caught before meeting a minor for sex. She was 14, and she wanted to meet for sex. Um, I got in a lot of trouble. I'm on probation now. But he keeps on chatting for five more days. Now he seems to think that he's finally met the 14-year-old in person.
1: Okay, I wasn't sure what you liked, so I got you M&M's and Hershey's. Oh, nice.
0: Thanks. M&M's and Hershey's. I cannot tell you how creepy it is to watch this in person, in real time. Here's a guy who's 36, rides a motorcycle, six hours to meet a 14-year-old girl, and he's all excited to show her the candy that he's going to treat her to before they have sex. His motorcycle helmet is right on the, the bar counter there. And right away, he picks up one of the brownies on the counter, the bar top.
1: Do you want me to go get you some milk for your brownies? Mm, That will be good. Okay,
0: I'll be right back. And Casey offers to get him some milk to go with the brownie. And as he's got this brownie in his mouth, he says, oh, that'd be good. So Casey leaves. And that's my cue to walk in. I'm watching on a monitor in the next room with Ronnie Knight, my security guy. And now it's time for Todd to meet me. He's less excited about that. Are you
1: always so polite? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Are you always so polite, he says? Yeah, says Casey. I'm not as polite as Casey, How's it taste? i see you over there, please. Now, what were you doing coming here, Todd? I'm just taking the weekend off, that's all. Just taking the weekend off? Uh, I don't... Who am I talking to? Can I at least ask you that? Well, I'll get to that in just a minute. Who am I talking to, he says. Can I at least ask you that? Well, I'll get to that in a minute, Todd. I've got some questions for you. Now, he's going to try and minimize, deflect as... Virtually every predator does. And his mind is spinning. How am I going to get out of this? And at some point, he's got to realize that this is his ticket right back to prison. And that the judge is not going to let him have unsupervised visitation with his three children. One of whom is only three years younger than the girl... He was convicted of having sex with and the girl he wanted to have sex with on this very night. I jump right in with his past. I ask him to tell me about that case. Now, you've been down this path before, right? Yes. And tell me about that case. No, I won't. Says, no. I've already got the picture of him on the Megan's List registry. I've got the picture right here of you. From the Megan's Law website. That's you, right? Yes. What were you convicted of?
1: Mm.
0: It says sexual assault here. Correct. The girl in that case was how old?
1: Fourteen.
0: Fourteen. Now, he admits the girl in the previous case was fourteen. Same age as the girl he was trying to see tonight. Same age as this girl tonight. I got in a lot of trouble. I'm on probation now, so as you sit on that stool right now, you're on probation. Right. For having sex with a 14-year-old girl? No. For doing something with a 14-year-old girl?
1: You can say that,
0: yes. You tell her you should chat with guys closer to your age.
1: Please. You know, unless you got cameras around here, there's no reason for
0: this little hysterics. Unless you got cameras around here, is there a reason for this little hysterics? That's what he calls it. Oh, Todd, there's cameras around. Hidden cameras you haven't seen yet and big cameras that are about to come out and catch you. Right now, do you ever watch television? Yes, I do. Do you ever watch Dateline NBC? No, never. We have a show called To Catch a Predator, right? And you're on it right now. this funny thing is, I had a feeling something was up. I had a funny feeling something was up. Oh, Todd, you should have listened to that funny feeling of yours. So you had doubts. you'd been in trouble before. you knew it was wrong. You got on a motorcycle and drove six hours from Pennsylvania to get here to meet a 14-year-old girl anyway. I was coming just for something to do. I was coming for something to do. Now, apparently, the restrictions of his probation don't allow him to go to bars or hang out or do anything he finds entertaining or fun. So he decides to drive six hours on a motorcycle to New Jersey to have sex with a 14-year-old girl. That's his excuse. There's nothing to do with people your own age in Pennsylvania? I'm not allowed to go to bars, you know, stuff like that. That's what everyone my age wants to do. Right. You're also not allowed to go meet 14-year-old girls for sex, by the way, whether you're on probation or not. Correct.
1: That is a true fact.
0: I'm getting ready to tell Todd exactly who I am. He gets up from the stool he starts roaming around the room. Well, Todd, there's something you gotta know. As I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and as I mentioned before, we're doing a story about adults who try to meet young teens online for sex. So far, Todd just thinks he's going to be on the television show. He doesn't know that this is a sting operation by the law enforcement authorities as well. He gathers up his items, his motorcycle helmet, his jacket. I don't recall whether he took the candy or left it. But off he goes. One step, two step, three steps. that's about as far as he got. He gathers up his belongings, unaware as he heads to the door, that his troubles have only just begun. This registered sex offender is about to get arrested again..
1: Police Police it down. It down.
0: More of our story in a moment. The only good news for Todd, I suppose, is that he's already been through this before and understands the routine. Now, Todd's in serious trouble. Second time offender. He gets another five years in prison. And when he gets out, he's supposed to go back to Pennsylvania But he doesn't go there. This is in 2011. He violates the condition of that parole. So then he's found guilty of that. And gets another six years in prison. Which takes us to 2018. When he's finally released. So the first time he gets busted, 2003, does four years. 2007... He shows up in our sting, in and out of prison for another 11 years. And he's out now, we believe, living in Western Pennsylvania. We know he's a registered sex offender and on probation to this day. We have not found any evidence that he's reoffended. But we've not been able to find him. I had a couple numbers that I was able to track down. None of them actually led to Todd Lewis. I'd like to talk to Todd. To see if all this time in prison got his attention. To try to understand why, after being busted once, he did it again so willingly. So brazenly. Todd, if you hear this, reach out. As always, I like to hear from you. And this week's question comes from Constance in Maryland.
1: Hi, Chris. My name is Constance from Maryland. First, I just wanted to say thank you for all the work that you've done. When the first Predator investigations were being aired, I was a teenager and I experienced grooming online myself from multiple men, so discovering the Predator series and all that you've done has been really healing for me. I've listened to the whole podcast, um, everything on YouTube, and I subscribe to True Blue, and I'm loving the Takedown series. So thank you for all that you do. My question is, I was wondering if you think the Predator investigations could be used for research purposes, because it seems like a lot of these guys are really similar in nature and there might be some consistent data coming from that. And also I was wondering, why do you think the guys who back away from the house or turn and run, why do you think they're getting suspicious? Do you think it's because the decoys don't look as young as they're claiming? or do you think it's more their mannerisms? Because the decoys are pretty confident when they invite people into the house. And I think the predators are expecting the decoys to be really vulnerable and shy and uncomfortable, and they're not. (laughs) So I would love to hear the answer to that, and thank you so much for all that you do keeping children and young people safe.
0: Thank you, Constance. Excellent questions. In terms of the research end of this, I think that some psychiatrists and therapists have in fact used the predator cases, the predator series over the last 19 plus years to look for similarities in the mind of a predator. And I think there's a lot of other research going on now where predators open up to psychiatrists in the prison setting where they have nothing to lose. And what the predators say routinely is it's not their first time when they got caught. And the second thing they say is that the viewing of child pornography usually happens in the lead up to actually offending. But I think there's more research to be done. I know there is. And I'm glad you raised that question because I'm going to pursue it and see if there isn't something that we can do in collaboration with therapists, psychiatrists, and give them, you know, the data of what we found, the chat logs. And maybe there is something more to be done here, some sort of study that we can use as part of a series or documentary. Thanks for that. I'll get on it. In terms of the predators who back off when they get to the scene, I think that's a combination of things. And I know what you're getting to, Constance, about the decoys maybe being overly confident. But generally speaking, you know, they're as nervous or somewhat as nervous as, as maybe a actual child would be. I think these guys are on high alert anyway going back to what I was saying about the comparison between a predator and a heroin addict, you know, they know there's a chance they're going to get caught, but they've put themselves into an override mode because they want to fulfill this fantasy. And so we often see people who get sketchy. Sometimes we see, you know, in different jurisdictions Guys who will chat in one, two, sometimes three different sting operations before they actually show up in a fourth or fifth. They finally get up the nerve to show up and actually meet the child. So we consistently review, you know, our investigations, our efforts to make sure the stings are realistic. And yours is a great reminder to continue to do this. And I appreciate, Constance, your observations. You can always find me on social media, Twitter at Chris Hansen, official Chris Hansen on Instagram. TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen. As I record this episode, I'm about to go into another sting operation. And by the time you hear this episode, it will have been completed. And based upon what I know now, I think it's going to be a large-scale operation. And I will update you on this next week because the results of this sting operation you will see on my streaming crime network, True Blue, the takedown investigations. T-R-U-B-L-U. Watch TrueBlue.com for details. And as always, you can find me right here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.